Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Part three of this series, Mind Monsters. Have y'all been enjoying this series? I have two, I have two, and as Pastor Bo and I began to write this series, we decided that we wanted to spend an entire week, this last part of the series, this is the last one today, talking about something that affects all of us, and that is addiction. My first experience with an addict was when I was about eight years old. Um, there was a lady who my parents, my parents are pastors, they were trying to help her um, in her life, and we went out of town, and we came back, and I realized that she had stolen my bicycle, and she had stolen my piggy bank, and she had stolen my parents' personal checkbook. And I did not understand this. I mean, I'm eight years old. I was like, why would somebody do this? Because just a few nights before, she had been at our house crying her eyes out on the couch, just telling them how much she was ready to turn her life around, how much she was ready to change her life. And then she does this. What? Well, there was some sort of disconnect like between she, what I saw her saying she was going to do and then what she actually did. And I didn't understand it. I, I could not put it together. But then, if you fast forward my life about 10 years, I found myself struggling with a pornography addiction. And I realized I was doing things that I did not want to do. I, I would say, God, this is the last time. I'm not going to ever do this again. And I would find myself just falling back into this sin and struggling and really wrestling with it. You see, addiction makes us do things that we don't want to do. Now, how many of you have ever woken up in the morning and said, you know what, I wish that I could just, you know, just start smoking cigarettes. That would be great. If I could smoke cigarettes today, and then I could get addicted, and if, then I'll, 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 I'll smoke a pack a day, and then eventually I'll get lung cancer and die. That would be great. No, it would not be great, right? Nobody says that. Nobody does that. Who would say, you know what, I'm just going to go to the casino, I'm just going to have a little fun, I'm going to start with the little things, and then I'm going to work my way up to some card games, and then maybe eventually I can really start betting, you know, bet the house on, on a sports game, and then eventually I'll get entangled and the mafia is going to be after me, and they'll break my legs with bats. Like, that would be awesome, right? No, nobody ever said that. Or, you know, um, or if I could just eat my feelings until, until I have heart disease, then my life would be perfect. No, we don't do that. Nobody wants to be an addict. I don't want to be an addict. You don't want to be an addict. So what happens? Because all of us wrestle with addiction. All of us wrestle with this thing where we're saying, I find myself doing things that I do not want to do. So how does it happen? Well, Last week, we had Dr. Erica Green present to us um, some things from neurology, and so she's going to present a video. Dr. Erica Green is the director of the Neuromuscular Clinic at the Houston Methodist Department of Neurology, which means she's really smart, like way smarter than me. And so let's see what Dr. Erica Green has to say about addiction. Addictions of any sort. Um really are just the symptom and the manifestation of brokenness, of a need that needs to be medicated, or a trauma or a fear or a pain that needs to be medicated. So it doesn't matter what kind of addiction, they have the same goal, is to decrease my pain. On a neurochemical level, when we ingest something, 
smoke it, drink it. When we view something, if there is a relationship that decreases our pain, whatever it is, there is actually a change in the brain that reinforces that attachment to that thing. There are neurochemicals. One of them is called dopamine. It's the pleasure chemical. And drugs and these things that replace pain with pleasure for a season reinforces that dopamine chemical circuit. And it strengthens that circuit to the point that that circuit now craves more dopamine. And that's why people become addicted because the brain changes wanting that addiction so that the brain can now function normally. So when someone's addicted, they do something and it takes away the pain and it gives them pleasure. After a while, the brain changes where this is normal now. In order for the brain to even function, it requires that addiction, that source of addiction to even function normally. And it begins to crave it. Receptors for dopamine increase those circuits become strong and it'll direct someone's behavior, someone's thought, someone's memory to that source of pleasure versus pain. Find out from Dr. Erica that addiction is caused from trying to medicate our emotions trying to medicate our negative emotions. And addiction is typically just a cover-up for pain. Actually, it's always a cover-up from pain. It can be a pain as simple as boredom to something as much as a loss of a loved one. But addiction is a cover-up for pain. It's not just you finding something that you like. It's not just a person finding this new drug or this new thing that they like a lot. No, it's that they found something to help them cope with the pain that they have in their life. You see, addiction isn't necessarily the problem, it's just a symptom of the problem. The real problem is an old school Bible word called idolatry. Everybody say idolatry. Idolatry is putting something in the place of where God should be. That's what it is, plain and simple. You see, God wants to be the hero of your story. When your life is falling apart, instead of reaching and grabbing for all of these false gods, all these things that you think are going to save you from the bad feelings, instead of reaching for those false gods and creating an idol, God wants to be the hero of your story. Yet we find these things that we're just reaching and saying, save me, save me, I need help. You're my God, you can help me. And then we reached out to these things rather than reaching out to God. So you see that we're using addiction. Addiction is an attempt to fill the void that only God can fill. Addiction is the attempt to fill the void that only God can fill. So here's the question for today. How do we get rid of the mind monster of addiction? How do we do it? Well, actually, it's the same way that we've been preaching through this whole series. Three steps. The first one is this. Recognize. The second one is reject. And the third one is we replace. And I'm going to walk you through all three of these things as it pertains to addiction. So the first thing is that we have to recognize. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, the apostle Paul writes to us and he says this. He says, I have the right to do anything. He says, I'm a Christian. I can do anything that I want to do. But not everything is beneficial. Not everything's good for me. He says, I have the right to do anything. However, I will not be mastered by anything. Can everybody say mastered? 
That Greek word that Paul uses, mastered, it means to be controlled by or enslaved, brought under the power of something. So my question to you today is, what is mastering you? What is it that's mastering you? What is it that you find yourself doing even though you don't want to do it? What has you bound up? What has you changed? What is mastering you? It could be something as simple as food. You know, I'm not going to eat the whole thing. I'm just going to eat a little bit. Oh no, I ate the whole thing, right? I ate the whole sleeve of thin mint cookies, right? Uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's vaping. You know, maybe you have your favorite colors, you have your favorite thing that you like to vape, and it started as something just to, to relieve some stress, and now you find yourself spending more and more money on vaping or, or smoking cigarettes, or drinking alcohol. You know, I don't know what it is. You know, maybe it's social media. It's like, I'm just going to check my email. And then, an hour later, you realize you're watching cat videos again. <laughs> it gets worse. Like TikTok. When I got on TikTok, it was like, I, like, I, was, I, I was like, where is the time going? Like, it just keeps going so fast. They just, it just hooks you. And you get addicted and you wind up being mastered by it, being controlled. I can't tell you how many times I've looked up and been like, oh man, I've spent so much time today on social media. I didn't mean to do that. It had master over me. It could be video games. It could be anything. What is it that's mastering you? And I got a few questions for you to kind of help you figure this out. Do your friends and family say that you have a problem? Do you continue to use it even though you're hurting people or hurting yourself? Do you arrange your schedule around it? Can you go without it one week or two weeks without it being a struggle? Is it leading you into isolation? Addiction always leads us into isolation, being by ourselves. And are you trying to keep it a secret? So you see, that's how we can recognize these mind monsters. If any of those things are ringing true, if any, whatever it is that's kind of popping up in your mind, recognize that mind monster of addiction that has a hold on you. And you're not alone in this. We all deal with this. And there's something else at work. We talked a little bit about idolatry. Another way to look at this is through our pride. We have to recognize that our pride is at work in our lives. 1 Peter 5 verse 6 says this. He says, humble yourselves. Everybody say humble. humble. Or humble, however you want to say it. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. Not under the hand of addiction, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. That he, he wants to be the hero of your story. Cast all your anxiety on him. Not on the drugs, not on the pills, not on pornography, not on the things that got you hooked. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. You see, God wants to be the hero of your story. And you have to admit that you are powerless and that you're living an unmanageable and unsustainable lifestyle. If you're doing things you don't want to do today, where is this going to lead tomorrow? You see, there is an enemy of your soul, Satan, who is trying to devour you, and he uses these things. When you start to fill that void that only God can fill, Satan uses those things to hook you and lure you and entrap you. So we have to recognize the idolatry in our lives. We have to recognize the pride. What is it that you are mastered by? What is it you're doing that you wish you didn't do? What is mastering you? That's the first thing we have to recognize. Everybody say recognize. All right, and the second thing we have to do is we have to reject it. We have to reject the lies of addiction. 
And addiction has some very good lies. And let me just share a few of those lies with you. The first one is this. The lie is, you need me. You need me. You have to have me. As a matter of fact, you can't go a day without me. You can't go two days without me. You need me because I fix your pain, because I fix your problems. When that thing pops up, you know you can hit me up, and I'm going to make you feel better for a little while. Right? It always leaves us feeling worse. This is idolatry, just like we talked about. This is a false God. You're putting something, you're saying, save me, help me out of the situation. I need to feel better now. And it's idolatry. The truth is, you don't need it. You don't need it. Only God can fill the void that's in your life. Houston, only God can fill the void that's in your life. That's it. He's the only one. That is the truth. Don't listen to the mind monster when it says, you need me. You have to have me. And it's so easy to justify it because of our pain. But there is no pain that can justify the idolatry and pride that comes with addiction. All you need is God. And we're going to keep talking about that as we go through this. The second lie of the mind monster is this. Ah, you can control it. I've got this. It's no big deal. I can handle this. It's just a little thing. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, there is a way that seems right to a man. Have you ever had something that seemed right? (laughs) It seemed like a good idea at the time. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It kind of reminds me of people who decide to have pet snakes. If you have a pet snake, I would love to pray for you after church. Not at your house. No, no. Here at the church. No, I'm just joking. People have pet snakes or pet lions or pet tigers. For all the Tiger King people out there. It's like you have bought a wild, deadly, lethal animal that in normal circumstances wants to eat you. Right? And a lot of them, they'll bottle feed it from the time it's little. And then 10 years later... They, they get attacked. They get their arm ripped off or they get mauled or killed. I was looking up a story that I could read to you guys, but there were like 20 of them. I was like, you know, I'm just going to tell them what happens because there's so many stories of this happening. I don't get it. You know, and, and, and they're like, you know, it was fine. He was so sweet and kind. And then one day, you know, Fluffy, my boa constrictor, he just constricted on my arm. I don't get it. I kind of get it. It's a boa constrictor. Did you read the name? And, and you put it in a cage, and it's behind this glass, and it's got these beady eyes that don't bleak, and it's just sitting there watching you every day, and then you're feeding it, and it is eating, and it is growing, and it is planning for the day that it is going to break out of that cage, and it is going to constrict on you. And finally, one day, it's like, you know what? I don't think I can take him, but I'm tired of living in this cage. YOLO, let's go for this. I'm going to take him out today, right? But you think you can control it. This wild animal, it's small at first, but as you feed it, it grows. As you feed that thing, it grows. And eventually it gets so big. And what you don't realize is that you've started feeding it not only your personal time. You've started feeding it your family time. You've started feeding it your career. You've started feeding it your marriage. And before you know it, this thing is big and it's ugly and it's controlling you. Right? The lie is you think you can control this. But here's the truth. You can't handle it. Any little sin, any little addiction that you're letting slip in your life, when it's full grown, when it's full grown, it leads to death. There's a way that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. 
And the third lie of the mind monster is this. You don't need to tell anybody. You don't need to tell anybody about this. It's our little secret. Nobody needs to know. Because if you do tell them, you know what? You're weird. They're just going to think you're weird. And they're going to think, you know, nobody else has the problem with this. You're the only one. And you don't need to tell anybody about this. She's going to leave you if you tell her about it. You know, if you tell somebody you need help, they're, they're not going to get it. And you just need to keep this to yourself. I want to share with you, as, as I'm kind of getting towards the end of this message, but I want to share with you Ephesians chapter 5. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And if you're struggling and wrestling with addiction, I want to use this verse to encourage you. This is a whole passage. And if you, I, I encourage you, write this down, take notes. If you're struggling with addiction, you need to write this down. It says this, For you were once in darkness. But now you are in the light of the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. You were once addicted, but now you're not. You're living in the light. And he says, so here's what you need to do. Instead of figuring out what pleases you and what you can do to fill that void, verse 10, and find out what pleases the Lord. Verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Those addictions, do they lead anywhere good? No, they don't. They never do. They're fruitless. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of dark, but rather expose them. Expose them. I want you to focus on that word. Expose those addictions. The lie is you don't need to do it. You just need to keep it to yourself. But, but here the Apostle Paul says we need to expose the deeds of darkness. It says, in verse 12, he says, It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. If we were to pull back the curtain on everyone's life here in Friendswood, here, there at Houston, watching online, we would see some shameful things. You would see some shameful things in my life, things I'm completely ashamed of. But here's what Paul tells us to do. He says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. I want you to go with me here. I, I was reading this passage and this just jumped off the page to me. Everything exposed, when I bring that sin out and I expose it to the light, it becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated, let's pretend this is my addiction. I brought it out of the dark. I brought it into the light. And now it is illuminated and it's becoming a light. See that everything that is illuminated becomes a light. It's a light to others. It's a light that they can see, you know what? He had this shameful thing in his life. He wrestled with pornography, but now God has set him free. And it's a light to other people that you can be set free. This is why it is said, verse 14, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's what I say to you today. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. The truth is, the lie is, you don't need to tell anyone, but the truth is, your addiction loses its power when you bring it into the light and expose it, and you tell somebody. The thing is, you won't be able to beat this by yourself. You need a community with people who have been through what you're going through. And as Christ shines on their life, and as Christ, as Christ shows you what he's done in their life, their light shines on your darkness. And then someday, someday you will be able to shine, Christ's light will shine on, on your darkness and on your sin, and you will be a light to somebody else. Do you believe that today? You believe that there at Houston today? 
I have a book. Uh, this is actually, we have a Christian counselor that is in our church. Her name is Kimberly Johnson, and she has written a book called Accountability, Accountability The Missing Peace. And uh, we actually have 10 copies here at Friendswood in the Resource Center, and we have 10 copies there at Houston in the Resource Center, and we would love to give away all 10 of these. They've already been paid for. We've paid Kim for these, and we're so thankful. Thank you for writing this book, Kim. Come on, can y'all thank her for writing this book? Thank you, Kim. And th- I would just encourage you, pick that book up. If you're, if you're struggling with addiction, if you need accountability in your life, pick this book up. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second, but I want to get to my last point. The last step, so we've, remember the first ones, we recognize, we've rejected the lies, and there's a lot more lies that I didn't get to. But the third, third part of this is we replace. We replace. So recognize, reject, and replace. You have to replace the addiction with something new that moves your mind and your life in the direction that you want it to go. Think about it. Where do you want your life to go? What would your life look like without addiction? And you have to put things in your life that are going to help take you and move you in the direction that you want to go. We're going to pick up that same chapter we were just reading, Ephesians 5. We're going to pick up in the very next verse. And it says this, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Guys, the days are evil. It's so easy to get tripped up. Our society drives us further and further into addiction. They make foods that are more addictive. They make drugs that are more addictive. They make social media that's more addictive. The days are evil. He says, but make the most of every opportunity. Don't waste it on all these things. Therefore, do not be foolish, verse 17, but understand what the Lord's will is. I love this here. In this context, he says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery or leads to wild living or leads to just wasted living. Don't get drunk on wine, but instead replace that and be filled with the Spirit. Speaking, and then he kind of tells us how to be filled with the Spirit, how we can walk in this. He said, speaking to one another with psalms. You know what a psalm is? It's what we were singing this morning. is praise songs to God. With psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see, church is itself, sorry about this mic, church is in and of itself a great replacement for your addiction. Because when you come to church, what you're doing is you're surrounding yourself with other people who say, you know what, I'm not perfect, but I serve a God who can help me through whatever it is that I'm going through. I am weak, but he is strong, and I'm here to declare his goodness, his faithfulness. I love that song they sang this morning. He's the same God he was yesterday, and he's here today, and he was a healer back then, and he can heal me today. He set people free back then. He can set me free today. So coming to church, did you know that coming to church actually naturally boosts, boosts your, boosts, nice word. It actually boosts dopamine. Dopamine is this, the good stuff that happens in your brain. It's your brain saying, this is a good thing that's happening. When you come to church and you're singing songs, live music increases dopamine. Prayer increases dopamine. Education, like we get here in church during sermons, it increases dopamine. Being in community, laughing, drinking coffee together, increases dopamine. Church is good for you. Tell your neighbor, church is good for you. It's good for you. 
You've got to replace those things. Also, serving on the dream team, finding purpose. You know, maybe your purpose has been just to hide your addiction and to live in your shame, but you've got to find a new purpose. And we would love for you to join our dream team. You need to go to Growth Track, join the dream team, find a purpose in your life, something to focus on that is moving your life in the direction that you want it to go and not the direction that this mind monster has been driving you. You need to find a good small group. You need to find people that you can surround yourself that are going to encourage you and lead you in the right way. Amen? We have something really cool here at Life Church, and it's called Celebrate Recovery. Do we have any Celebrate Recovery people that are not ashamed that you're like, I'm a part of Celebrate Recovery, and it's helped change my life? Anybody? I see some hands here at Friendswood. I know there's a lot of hands there at Friendswood. Let's give it up for our Celebrate Recovery people. Yeah. Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery happens every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. And it happens at our Houston campus. Right now they're meeting in the Kids Chapel. And what they do is they come together and it's a 12-step program for non-specific addictions. And, and it's their, the, the, their, their slogan is it's for hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And if you need help, you need to go to CR. It's a great place to start. It will heal you. If you even if you're just having relationship issues, you're addicted to, to or, or you're dealing with these hurts and these things that have been holding you back, you just feel stuck, Celebrate Recovery is a great place for you. Jay and Cindy Melton are our directors, and I've got the number on the screen right there. I'm going to put that number back up in a little bit, but I just want you to see that. Um, I want to tell you something. God wants to replace your addiction with something beautiful. But first, you've got to give control of your life and your will to him. You've got to lay down your pride. You've got to lay down your shame because your loving God has something so much better for you than addiction. He's got something better. It's way better. It's more beautiful than anything that you can imagine and anything that an addiction can give you. Pastor Jim says it all the time, and it's so true. The best life you can live is the one that God has designed for you. The best life you can live is the one that God has designed for you. Replace the plans of that controlling addiction, that controlling mind monster. Replace those plans with the plans of God. Amen. God, why don't you stand with me? We're closing today. Recognize, reject, and replace. Recognize, reject, and replace. Maybe you're here and your addiction is just so strong that you hear me say these things. And you've heard, I've told you all this stuff, and you're saying, you know what, Andrew? That sounds great, but I've been here before. I've heard sermons like this before. I've tried this. And I'm just stuck. It's not going to happen for me. I've been there. I've been right there. I've sat there and listened to these sermons and thought, I wish, it sounds great. But I know when I get home, I'm just going to mess up again. I know whenever the weekend comes and I get off work, I know it's just gonna, I'm just going to do it again. I've been there. That's a terrible place to be. And you're saying, I'm hopeless. I'm hopeless. I can't do it. You're right. You can't do it. God can do it. God can do it. And you've got to quit relying on your own strength 
your own ability to take care of this thing. And I can do this by myself. I can get rid of this mind monster all by myself. You can't. You can't. You need help. And the first step dealing with addiction is just getting help. You need to get some help. And I've got some help for you today. Here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to get your phone out. And they're going to put the, uh, these uh, recovery groups on the screen. Now, at Houston, I'm hoping that they've got that on the screen, full screen for you guys. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to move over here to the side so they can see this. I want everybody to get your phone out. Everybody get your phone out. And I'm going to count to three. And we're going to take a picture. Okay? We're going to take a picture. These are, these are specific addiction groups at the top. There's a help number. Here we go. Are you ready? One two, three. All right, now everybody took the pictures. Nobody has to know what you're dealing with. Nobody has to know if you're dealing with something. Truth is, we're all dealing with something, right? All right, I got one more slide I want you to put up there. This has the information for Celebrate Recovery and for Smart Recovery. And if you don't feel comfortable, if you've got stuff you're too ashamed to bring to our local Celebrate Recovery, there's other Celebrate Recoveries all around Houston that you could go to. All right, we're gonna take a picture. Ready? One, two, three. For all those who haven't taken it yet, go ahead. All right. No shame. Everybody say no shame. No shame. I've been there. It's not beautiful. It's so hard. But I want to tell you this. You can do it with God's help. You can't do it by yourself. You can do it with God's help. You can do it when you surround yourself with other people and you surround yourself with people who believe in you and people who can help you. We're going to have an altar call in a moment. We're going to have three people down here at front at, Houston, at Friendswood. There at Houston, I would like to ask the prayer team to go ahead and get down towards the front. Also, I believe that we have some Celebrate Recovery people that are going to be there in the lobby um, after church. Jay and Cindy will be out there in the lobby, and they would love to talk to you about Celebrate Recovery if you want to talk about it. Or tonight, you can just show up at 530. We would love to have you and Celebrate Recovery tonight at our Houston campus. And you can start your journey today towards recovery. And here's the thing. Recovery and sobriety is not about getting it perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's about getting rid of that thing that is controlling you. So yeah, you might mess up today. You might mess up tomorrow. But if you reach out for help, you're going to have people that will help you when you mess up. And they're going to help you recognize your patterns. They're going to help you reject the lies. They're going to help you replace them with good things. You need help. You need help. It's not about being perfect. It's about getting help. And it's about climbing out of this with with God's help and with the body of Christ around you. Amen. I've got one more scripture for you. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says this. But he said to me, God said this to the apostle Paul. He said, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, therefore, I'm going to boast more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness. Everybody say delight in weakness. In insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, that's when he is strong. When I'm weak, That's when I'm strong because I'm resting on the arms of the loving, caring God who has good plans for me. Here's what I want everybody to do. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes here at Friendswood and there at Houston. At the end of this prayer, I'm going to turn this over to to Pastor Jim there at Houston.
but I want to just pray for you. God, you see every person, both campuses, they're wrestling with this addiction. They're wrestling with this thing that's been eating them alive. It's been eating their marriage. It's been eating their friendships. It's been eating their schooling. It's been eating their career, Lord. And I pray that you would just let them stop the cycle today. I pray for every person who comes for prayer. I pray for every person who reaches out to these organizations for help, Lord. I pray you would bless it and let today be the day that they turned it around. The day be the, today be the day they turn it around. I pray you will bless the rest of the service as we reach out to you and we call to you. Can everyone say in the name of Jesus? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he's doing. Turn this over to you guys at Houston. God bless you.